Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. As I continue my own journey through various philosophers and political scientists and so forth and so on and do my own thinking and reasoning, I want to bring these different thoughts to you where we together can try and make sense of some things that are taking place in this society. Let me read a quote to you, and we will jump into the other stuff soon enough. A political party is an organized attempt to get control of the government. A political party is an organized attempt to get control of the government. Let me do it without coughing. A political party is an organized attempt to get control of the government. E.E. Schatzschneider, who was a political scientist, fairly well known in the middle of the last century. It's interesting, isn't it? In many ways, it's correct. A political party is an organized attempt to get control of the government. But things are a little different today in several respects, but let me speak to the main ones. For the Democrat Party, a political party is an organized attempt to get control of the government and keep it. For the Democrat Party, it's an attempt to get control of the government and keep it and have a one-party state. That's why they tried to change the voting system. That's why they try to pack the Supreme Court. That's why they do what they do in the states. And that's when you know you're dealing with a party that is totalitarian in nature, as the Democrat Party is. You'll also notice the AOC types, the Bernie Sanders type, these are democratic socialists. That's what they call themselves. The Democrat Socialists of America, that was the organization that propelled them into office, and scores of them, as a matter of fact, in the House. They're not really Democrat Party apparatchiks. So what are they doing? They're trying to take over fundamentally the base of the Democrat Party because they have figured out they're running in the Green Party, the Reform Party, whatever party, doesn't work. Not in the United States for a variety of reasons I don't need to get into. And so the real battle is within the parties. And so the Marxists have battled within the Democrat Party, and they are the base of the Democrat Party, 
that Pelosi had to bow to, and Biden has to bow to, and now they are actual participants in. That's the Democrat Party base. So they have succeeded, the American Marxists, in becoming the base of the Democrat Party, even if they're not the majority. And they have succeeded in securing the support of the ruling class of the Democrat Party. Make sense, Mr. Producer, as I think this through. Let me add this. A political party is an organized attempt to get control of the government, and I added, and keep it if you're a Democrat, for one-party rule, permanent one-party government. And they've been working on this since Woodrow Wilson in the early 1900s, but most especially since Franklin Roosevelt. Franklin Roosevelt wrote long ago, and it's in one of my books, that he wanted to create permanent change because it's not enough to win an election and then the other party comes in and the things that you developed are no longer relevant or no longer in place. And so they came up with this idea of a massive, powerful, entrenched bureaucracy. That's the permanent government. Scholars call it the administrative state. Politicians call it the swamp. Call it whatever you want. And that administrative state or swamp exists for the Democrat Party. When Republicans are in office, they either lay low or more particularly what they do is they sabotage. They leak. They undermine. That's what they do. That bureaucracy is built not exclusively, but mostly by the Democrat Party. So even if Republicans win elections, they don't win the day. Now there are Republicans like Chris Sununu, like Karl Rove, like Larry Hogan, like Asa Hutchison, like Chris Christie, who are perfectly happy with that. They like the trappings of power as long as they can have some changes on the, on the edges where they can point to themselves as really important figures when, in fact, they're not even hiccups in history. Then there are those who take it on, like a Reagan and a Trump and so forth, who pay the price. And a DeSantis in Florida, who's now being stalked by Nancy Mace, uh, and just let me say as a footnote, Nancy Mace, Chris Sununa, Asa Hutchinson, truth is, they and their ilk would not be getting time on Sunday shows, on CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, or CBS, unless they're trashing their own party and members in their own party. Otherwise, they wouldn't get any attention because they're irrelevant. If I were to state today some provocative statement about a conservative principal or about a conservative governor or a conservative senator or Donald Trump or what, what have you, I would be invited on Meet the Press 
Face the Nation, and every other show they could think of. When I criticized the establishment 15, 20 years ago, remember Mr. Producer? They were begging me to come on their shows. I said no. Because your intentions are not pure. Your intentions are political. But that's not the case. Nancy Mace, Chris Sununu, Ace Hudge, their intentions are self-aggrandizement. All right, that's that footnote. Let's get back to the bigger point. So we're facing today a Democrat party that has a base, if not more, that hates America, rejects the Constitution, rejects the rule of law, is Marxist in many aspects of its ideology, that has essentially conquered the ruling class within their party, And that is the battle that has been lost in the Democrat Party, within the Democrat Party, but now that's the battle we face, many of us anyway, as non-Democrats. Now, having said all this, I talked about the permanent bureaucracy. They've also stacked the courts with ideologues. We stack the courts with people who say they won't be ideologues. We stack the courts with people who say, I'll take each case as it comes and apply the law. They stack the courts with people who say, I'll take each case as it comes, and I'll advance the radical left activist agenda. Which makes it, of course, very difficult to overcome. Makes it daunting, as a matter of fact. But as such, this entire system is now stacked against us. The permanent bureaucracy, the judicial activists, it's stacked against us, those of us who are constitutional conservatives. It's stacked against us. This is what I've been thinking about over the course of the weekend. I think that's what's happened. And so they continue to empower themselves and shrine their agenda through the bureaucracy with regulations, bureaucratic dictates and fiats and rules and penalties and punishments, executive orders. We have an entire massive governing apparatus that has no constitutional basis and completely blows out the idea of a representative government and exists to not only empower itself but to continue to grow and grow and grow. And the Democrat Party and this permanent government are one and the same which is why Biden and previous Democrats have proposed massive spending, massive debt, more programs, more agencies, more bureaucracy, because that empowers the Democrat Party and it empowers the permanent bureaucracy, and they can advance their agenda whether they're in office or out of office. 
Listen to this. Cut five. Go. Sir, you're saying that billionaires should not exist. So you're, are you basically saying that once you get to $999 million, yeah. that the government should confiscate all the rest? I'm saying that we should go back to a very progressive tax policy like what we had under Dwight D. Eisenhower. Which would mean that, that after over yeah. a billion dollars, basically yeah. it all goes to the government. I, you may disagree with me. But I'm I just asking. Like, fine. Yeah, I think people can make it on 900 you know, it's not a matter of people making it on $999 million. They don't have it in their mattress. They're not, it's not in their savings account. It's their monies that are invested. <clears throat> Much of it is counted as their wealth, even though it's not liquid. It's in businesses, and it's employing people, or it's in capital investments, trying to develop new technologies for health or whatever. So you can imagine... What a disaster this would be. I hope you got to watch Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday. We did I Pencil. First time ever. I think of any show. We did I Pencil. Bernie Sanders doesn't know how to make a pencil. And yet, look how he would disrupt the economy. And he doesn't care the way they disrupt our energy system. And they don't care the way they disrupt our border. And they do not care. They want power. They promote their ideology. They don't care about your lifestyle in the least. They want you jealous as hell. It's not about some guy next door having $20 billion. Even today, Elon Musk doesn't have an account with $50 billion in it. It's invested in businesses, which you would have to shut down and give the money to the government. Why? So people can get more bloated, so they can hire more people, more IRS agents to harass you, empower the police state. We've seen this all over the world. So he says he would confiscate, confiscate, later in the clip, he would confiscate anything over $999 million. Where the hell does he get the authority to do that under the Constitution? To confiscate anything. And now Biden's pushing a wealth tax. But don't worry, it's only for people who are much richer than you. It's only a matter of time. Once they set the principle, then you're the target. You're the target. They want your money. Because believe it or not, there aren't enough billionaires to pay for what Bernie Sanders wants. It's not until the people are enslaved to the government. That's what they want. Then they have their control. Mark Levin. You know, sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to helixsleep.com, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com, and take the sleep quiz. I took it and was matched to the Midnight Lux. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. They have a 10-year warranty, and Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash Levin, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and use code HelixPartner20. That's Helix Partner 20. This is their best offer yet, 
And it won't last long, folks. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. The workhorse of conservative talk radio is here. The brains, too, but who would brag? I don't brag. Just kidding. Hang in there. Another institution is coming under brutal, vicious, vile assault by the Democrats and their media. And that, of course, is the Supreme Court. You know, it's one thing, ladies and gentlemen, to have disagreements with the court's decision. It's one thing to support convention of states, that sort of thing. But it's quite another to try and destroy the Supreme Court. Article 3 creates the Supreme Court. Congress does not create the Supreme Court. The Constitution does. The framers did. Every bit as much as they created Congress. And in violation of separation of powers, the Democrats continue to insist. They continue to insist that Republican members of the excuse me, that uh, constitutionalists on the Supreme Court come and testify. From the Chief Justice to Justice Thomas to Justice Gorsuch. They don't have any power to enforce it. What are they going to do? Go to the courts? But they're supposed to try and avoid these kinds of confrontations if they can. But not the Democrats. This should be a lesson, I think, to at least some judges and justices, that when you allowed the rogue unleashing, the rogue unleashing of Congress and these federal law enforcement entities against Donald Trump, it's come back to, uh, to haunt you, because now the same crowd thinks they can take a whack at you. This is an attempt at intimidation. It's an attempt at threatening. This has been going on now for a long time. It went on when Schumer was in front of the Supreme Court steps, pointing to the Supreme Court, screaming at the top of his lungs that they were coming after a couple of the Supreme Court justices, you might recall. Pretty lousy stuff. And yet he did. It's very important. It's very important to keep in mind that the Supreme Court, unlike the lower branches of the, of the judiciary, again, is created by the Constitution itself. Now what's going on here? They say they want to look into the unethical behavior of Supreme Court justices. Clarence Thomas, who they continue to try and go after, ProPublica or ProPubica out there on the West Coast, radical left-wing operation, obviously spent months digging into Clarence Thomas's background. Another media outlet spent months digging into Gorsuch's background. Nobody ever, nobody ever dug into 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg's background or any of the rest of them. It's amazing. So that's what this is. And what's interesting is, in the past, the, just, the, uh, the members of Congress on both parties understood. Understood. Leave the court alone. But not anymore. The Democrat, excuse me, the Democrat Party believes in burning down things if they can't get their way. So they want to burn down the Electoral College. They want to burn down the filibuster rule. They wanted to burn down the Supreme Court because they wanted to pack the court more than one occasion. They want to burn down the voting system. They want to burn down the border. They want to burn down the currency. They want to burn down capitalism. They want to burn down energy independence. Now they circle back to the courts working hand-in-glove with the radical leftists uh, in the media. I remember a time when, when we were told, don't attack the court, don't attack the independence, the sanctity of the court, on and on and on. Now it's attacked on a regular basis by the same media goons, Democrat hacks, Really, as before. As before. They don't really care about Clarence Thomas's finances. You know how I know? Because they don't care about Joe Biden's finances. As they don't care about the Biden crime family at all. They never ask a single question about it. Yet he's president of the United States. They worried about foreign intervention when it came to Trump. Now they expect it when it comes to Biden, and they don't care in the least. Well, what's that all about? I want you to hear the kind of vile, poisonous attack on the court and these originalist justices that took place today. And uh, I want you folks who are black or brown or yellow or however you categorize yourselves, I want you to keep something in mind. These white liberals, these white leftist Democrats, these black and brown leftist Democrats, they don't really care about you. And if you step outside the radical left agenda, they will destroy you. They'll certainly try to. They will destroy you in the media. They will destroy you in Congress. You won't find a single black host on MSNBC come to Clarence Thomas's defense. Not one. You won't find a single black host on CNN come to Clarence Thomas's defense. Not one. Not one. Now this is interesting because they talk about the ethics rules as applied to the Supreme Court. This would be the same Congress, mind you, that just snuck in a vote to give themselves $34,000 in a salary increase, which they call reimbursements, and you were unaware of. This would be the same Congress that was cutting deals on sexual harassment and using your tax dollars 
to pay off the accusers, and they were signing non-disclosure agreements, and then we found out about it, but they did it behind your backs. The same Congress that uses your tax dollars for junkets, the same Congress that refuses to be on Social Security, they have their own special pension plan, the same Congress that refuses to be on our health care systems, they have their own health care plan. The same Congress that exempts itself from the Freedom of Information Act because they don't want you to know what they're doing. They don't want you to know what they're doing. So, first I want you to hear Chris Murphy of Connecticut. Chris Murphy is a reprobate. He's a real sleazeball. He's out of Connecticut. He wasn't even at the hearing today, but he gave a speech, press conference. I want you to listen to how he speaks about the justices in the court. I wrote an entire book criticizing the court. On no occasion did I accuse justices of what this slimeball accuses them of. Cut 11, go. Right, Supreme Court justices and their families essentially on the payroll of interests, interest groups and individuals who have cases before the court, right? That's the most obvious, stunning, brazen conflict of interest you can imagine. All right, let's stop. There's not probably a judge in America at any level, at any level, who doesn't have some at least indirect connection to somebody who has some matter before their court. Particularly the Supreme Court, since the matters are so big and cover such broad areas. You know, like members of Congress. Like members of Congress, how many times do they trade stock right before they have a vote? Do you remember Chris Murphy going to the microphone, whining and complaining about Nancy Pelosi and her big dumb husband? No. Of course not. And of course, Joe Biden, who's bought and paid for by the communist Chinese. He's the Manchurian president. Nothing. Go ahead. Individuals and companies that appear before the court sending money quietly and privately into the pockets of Supreme They're not sending money into the pockets of Supreme Court justices. First of all, we're talking about individuals who purchase land, who have long-time relationship in the case of Clarence Thomas. Not putting money in his pocket. Wasn't a quid pro quo. They have no causal connection to anything. There's no causal connection to any ruling. None. As a matter of fact, I think we talked about this last week. They looked at 20 cases that might have had some connection to one of these individuals or their business. And they found in the case of Clarence Thomas, 12 to 8. 12 times he, he voted or ruled in a way that would be uh, positive, and eight times he voted against. 
Wow, he's really on the payroll, huh, Mr. Producer? Meanwhile, these bastards in Congress, they've legalized graft. They've legalized graft for themselves. There's more pork in the last spending bill than any time in modern history. Vote for me, I'll get you a park. Give me a donation, I'll change the tax laws. These are the sleazeballs. The Chris Murphy types. Go ahead. Justices, what is so stunning to me is that we can't all agree easily that this is I love when the Democrats say, can't you agree with us to destroy Donald Trump? Can't you agree with us to destroy Clarence Thomas and Gorsuch? Can't you agree with us on abortion? Can't you agree with us on open borders? Come on now. Can't we all get together and explode the budget even further? I mean, it's just common sense. Can't we meet and talk about this? Go ahead. Right. Not everything in Washington, D.C. has to be left versus right. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Right. Well, for me, it's not left versus right. It's you radical Marxist bastards versus us constitutionalists. It's not left versus right. It's good versus evil. You're evil and we're good. Go ahead. Here has to be a controversy. There are some things that public officials do that are so... All right, thank you. And... uh, with that prebubescent voice as he screeches his way through it. Mark Levin. Have you gotten your letter from the IRS yet? These last few years have not been easy on the American family. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them. Well, America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-806-1299. Hello, 800-806-1299. And you'll be in touch with the America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS and help put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-806-1299. That's 800-806-1299 or americafirsttaxgroup.com slash Levin. Again, 800-806-1299 or americafirsttaxgroup.com. Dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. You know, uh, I'm starting to think, ladies and gentlemen, that the reason uh, Donald Trump was illegitimately charged in Manhattan and why the DA in Atlanta is potentially going to do the same thing and while... And we have Jack the Knife, or Jack the Ripper, in uh, special counsel's office in Washington. I'm starting to think this is all being done to immunize the Bidens. So if they're ever charged with anything, they can say, well, look at Trump. Now all the, the interest today 
certainly not with 98% of the corrupt Democrat Party media, but with everybody else, is in a letter that was transmitted to Meritless Garland and Christopher Ray by Senator Charles Grassley, ranking member of the Budget Committee in the Senate, and Representative James Comer, Chairman of the Committee on Oversight and Accountability. It says, Dear Attorney General Garland and Director Ray, we have received legally protected and highly credible classified whistleblower disclosures. Based on those disclosures, it has come to our attention that the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation possess an unclassified FD-1023 form that describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. It's been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. Now let's stop there. That's the first paragraph. I wonder if the FBI and or DOJ have destroyed this evidence. I'm not saying they have. I have no idea. I'm wondering out loud. Based on alleged specificity within the document, it would appear that the DOJ and the FBI have enough information to determine the truth and accuracy of the information contained within it. However, it remains unclear what steps, if any, were taken to investigate the matter. The significant public interest in assessing the FBI's response to this information, as well as growing concern that the DOJ and FBI's track record of allowing political bias to infect their decision-making processes, necessitate exacting congressional oversight. The DOJ and the FBI appear to have valuable, verifiable information that you have failed to disclose to the American people. Therefore, Congress will proceed to conduct an independent and objective review of this matter, free from those agencies' influence. Transparency brings accountability, Chuck Grassley and James Comer. Now, what they've done is issued a subpoena, and they're giving the Department a week to turn over the document. The White House says this is pure politics, and that's all the Republicans care about. And it's amazing, isn't it? It's Donald Trump is under one criminal investigation after another, one civil suit after another. And Joe Biden isn't even facing a grand jury, despite the fact that he's corrupt as hell. I don't put this past Joe Biden at all. Meanwhile, I just heard it reported that In the case of Hunter Biden, the Department of Justice is looking at potentially two misdemeanors, one felony and one false statement. That's peanuts. People who paraded and trespassed on Capitol Hill property, including those waved in by law enforcement and those who just did it on on the ground have faced worse than this. You're telling me a five-year investigation, two misdemeanors, one felony and one false statement, the false statement relating to an illegally purchased gun? See, they're not serious about enforcing gun laws. Lying on your application. He didn't reveal that he had been a drug addict or was. 
tax issues because Hunter didn't want to pay his fair share. And they want to put an end to this now as fast as possible because they do not want a special counsel investigating Hunter Biden and his father because his father's a crook. That's right, I said it. I said it and I meant it. All this money flowing into Biden who's an imbecile from foreign governments. I haven't seen one report from Maggot Haberman, Jeremy and his Peters, Philip and his bump, the New York Slimes generally, the Washington Compost generally. I haven't seen one report contradicting anything that Peter Schweitzer has reported in his books. Nothing. About $31 million or so flowing into the Biden crime family. Nothing. But I want to thank these IRS whistleblowers, these FBI whistleblowers. There ought to be more, but I want to thank them for coming forward. Obviously, an FBI whistleblower saw this document, this FD-1023 and knows exactly what it described if, in fact, he didn't or she didn't prepare it. And the IRS agent has come forward and talked about political obstruction and sabotage, if you will, in the investigations of Hunter Biden. They want to close it down fast before the whistleblowers and the Republicans in the Senate and the House report on the, what they discovered. They want to shut it down. They want to get a plea deal. Fast as they can. They want to get it done. Before the, the alimony trial, the child support trial. And a little Arkansas courthouse is underway. They want to get it done. Before the election really takes hold. They want to shut down the Hunter Biden stuff, and they continue to encircle Joe Biden like the Praetorian Guard to protect him, including the corrupt media in America. And I want to talk about this. Look, Joe Biden got through law school by plagiarizing somebody else's test he got a second chance most people will be thrown out of law school for doing something like that somehow he got another chance Joe Biden has even lied about the way and I hate to even bring it up but others have his wife and daughter, original wife, first wife, died in a horrendous car accident. Saying the other driver was drunk. The other driver said he was not drunk. And in fact, the accident may have been the fault of, of Joe's family. And Joe has been forced to kind of restate that, but he continues to go back to the lie. Joe, lies, Joe Biden is 
lied about being involved in the civil rights movement. On the contrary, when Joe Biden got elected to the United States Senate at the age of 29 and was sworn in at the age of 30, he befriended James Eastland, powerful, powerful member of the Senate who'd been there a long time. And Eastland was a full-blown racist and segregationist. And he was opposed to the integration of public schools with black and white kids. And as press reports indicated at the time, how do I know? Because I dug him out, that's how I know. Joe Biden wasn't just a bystander supporting what Eastland was doing, he was actively involved in it. And you've heard the quotes before about the jungle and everything else. Now his supporters say everything's taken out of context. Nothing's taken out of context. Joe Biden was a racist and a segregationist. That's what he was for several years. George Wallace said positive things about him. James Eastland said positive things about him. He wrote positive things to James Eastland. He wasn't a bystander. He was a participant. Kamala Harris knew this. She brought it up during the debates. And I guess he had her as a running mate to shut her up. I don't know. Certainly didn't pick her because of her competence. Joe Biden is a old-time sleazy politician that's what he is and the Chinese bought him off you could take one of the many examples out there that would be enough I mean why would the Chinese Communist Party the government pour millions and millions of dollars into the Penn Biden Center in Washington D.C. What conceivable reason would they have other than to buy off Joe Biden? None. What conceivable reason would they have to send money to Hunter Biden and his partners other than to buy influence with the then vice president? None. We have a massive cover-up going on here, and they want you to watch a shiny object where Democrat prosecutors go after Trump. That's exactly what's taking place here. But Joe Biden has a lot of issues. He has no integrity. He is a serial, pathological liar. And he's an incredibly stupid man. I mean, he was stupid from the day he walked in the Senate. I am not joking. He graduated very low in his class at Delaware Law School. In fact, I don't even know how he graduated from Delaware Law School. And went right into politics like Schumer did. Right into politics. So he was an anti-black racist. And now he's an anti-white, anti-Asian racist. Because Joe Biden will do anything, he will say anything. 
for Joe Biden. Now he wants you to believe he's the freedom candidate for president. Unlike all the radical magas out there. The freedom candidate. Well, he reaches into your homes to control your gas stoves, your washing machines, your window air conditioning units, your HVAC systems. He's the freedom candidate while he destroys your right to purchase the kind of automobile that you wish. Drives up the, the cost of gasoline and food. He's the freedom candidate while the border is wide open. The freedom candidate who, who defies the limits on the Constitution that are placed on him. This man is a, is a terrible person. He's a terrible human being. The allegation that was made against him by Tara Reid. It's amazing. Everything about Donald Trump winds up in court. There's a billionaire backing the woman who's sued him for rape, apparently. Tara Reid is unable to sue him because of some statute of limitations difference. That is, unable to sue Biden. It's amazing, isn't it? Every case that Donald Trump brings on defamation and libel is thrown out. Virtually everyone. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Ever hear of David Turk? Well, of course not. Who would? David Turk is the Deputy Energy Secretary, the number two. Gets to drive around in a black limousine with a driver, with security. Gets to do all kinds of cool stuff. Hmm. It's interesting. Nonetheless, he does control your life. Would be interesting to know about him. I want you to listen to this questioning. You know, here's the thing. I've been doing this for 20 years, and depending on what's going on on a given day or a given week or even a given year, I sort of adjust my format to keep it substantive and to keep it relevant to what's going on so we can think about what's going on and think about what to do about it if anything we can do about it and so most of you who listen to this show you work for a living or you're retired you're just doing other things during the course of the day you're not watching 
hearings on TV, even if they're available. Because you have a life to lead, and I get it. And so, when you kick up your feet, or you're at the dinner table, or you're in your vehicle, I figure this is a good time to acquaint you with what's going on with your country. So David Turk is the Deputy Energy Secretary, and he's questioned by Louisiana Senator John Kennedy. And it's about the budget. Cut one, go. Yeah, but if you could answer my question, if we spend $50 trillion to become carbon neutral in the United States of America by 2050, you're the Deputy Secretary of Energy, Give me your estimate of how much that is going to reduce world temperatures. So, so first of all, it's a net cost. Um, it's what uh, benefits we're having from getting our act together and reducing all of those climate benefits. We're seeing. Let me ask again. Maybe I'm being. Right now. Maybe I'm not being clear. If we spent fifty trillion dollars to become carbon neutral by two thousand and fifty in the United States of America, how? How much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This is a global problem. So we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, is it going to reduce world temperatures? So we're 13 percent of global emissions. You don't know, do you? You don't know, do you? You can do the math. We need to. You don't know, do you, Mr. Secretary? So we're 13 percent of global emissions. If you know, why won't you tell me? If we went to zero, that would be 13 percent. You don't know, do you? You just want us to spend 50 trillion dollars. And you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. Now, I'm all for carbon neutrality, but you're the deputy secretary of the Department of Energy, and you're advocating we spend trillions of dollars to seek carbon neutrality, and you can't, and this isn't your money or my money, it's taxpayer money, and you can't tell me how much it's going to lower world temperatures? Or you won't tell me? You know, but you won't? In my heart of hearts, there is no way the world gets its act together on climate change unless the U.S. leads. Tell me how much it's going to reduce. You you can't tell me. Either that or you won't. He can't. And he won't. I want you to think about his answer. Because there's information in that answer. They're talking about being carbon neutral by, what was it, 2050, Mr. Producer? In about 25 years, if we spend $50 trillion, and it's more than that, as those expenses resonate throughout the economy, it's much more than that. It's hard to believe, but it is. What he's saying there is, even when we're done, because of the rest of the world, We will not be carbon neutral. Let's take it another step. What does that mean? What it means is the extent to which the United States government becomes a police state and controls your life and your lifestyle by claiming to have the ability to control the climate. Man-made. It's man-made and Man has to deal with it. That not only will they be changing our form of government and our economic system now, but forever. Even if we in the United States are carbon neutral, whatever the hell that means. I don't even know what that means. Not because I'm stupid, because they don't know what it means. 
I can assure you that Joe Biden doesn't know what it means. He doesn't even know what carbon is. But that said, what the deputy secretary there is actually saying is there will be no limit ever, ever, to our power to re-engineer, to rejigger human nature. None. And that will be our new constitution. Climate change. Fill in the blank. It will trump the Constitution. It will trump capitalism. It will trump private property rights. It will trump civil liberties. It will trump everything. Everything. That is what the man is saying. And by the way, notice how cocky he was when he was saying it, too. But that's what he's saying. Now, Michael Regan is the EPA administrator. And under the Biden budget, he'll get a 19% increase. 19%. That's enormous. And that means forevermore, that 19% will be baked into that budget. Defense, despite the rise of communist China, will get a 3% increase, which means it won't even keep up with inflation. But it shows you the priorities. The priority is to control you. While they have their hands on the steering wheel, they're going to drive this economy into the crapper. While they have the ability to control you, they're going to control you with bells on. Michael Regan, EPA Administrator. Cut to go. Well, um, at EPA, we've built environmental justice into our very DNA. And so, uh, number one, we have some very uh, concrete metrics um, that are attached to this $27 billion to be sure uh, that disadvantaged communities and those who are disproportionately impacted have access to this capital. So on the one hand, they tell you, look, you just heard the guy, the deputy energy guy. We can be carbon neutral, zero, but we can't control other countries, right? Because the air out there moves around, it doesn't know sovereignty and borders. And However, when it comes to the United States, within the United States, apparently we do know communities and cities and counties, one from another, when it comes to pollution and all the rest of it. Environmental justice is built into our DNA at the EPA. That damn thing ought to be shut down. Environmental justice. The hell? Who do they think they're kidding anymore? Every single damn angle. Every single damn angle for redistributing wealth, for controlling your life, for destroying this country, whether it's race, whether it's climate, whether it's voting, whatever it is. This is a, as they call it, a whole society effort to destroy society. And they see their opportunity now on the left. Because they have uh, Mr. Applesauce brain there in the White House. And the, uh, and the radicals in the asylum are running loose. They're running loose. That's why the Democrat Party is the party of American Marxism. They're one and the same. 
It doesn't matter how it came to be. It did. The Democrat Party is the party of American Marxism, just as earlier in our history was the party of the Confederacy, the party of segregation, and the party of Jim Crow. Now, it is the party of Marxism, American Marxism. Mark Levin. Hello, everyone. It's Mark Levin here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only supporting seniors, but also by pushing for traditional American values that affect all of us. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens. You're part of a movement defending our freedoms and securing our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, entertainment, and special insurance rates. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience in our quest for conservative principles. Sign up now at amac.us slash mark, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash mark. And for a limited time, get a free gift membership for someone who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference, folks. With AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash mark, amac.us slash mark, and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. Pressure is building and building and building in the media and among the Democrats to violate the Constitution. In fact, to destroy it. And what they're trying to do, the White House, the Democrats in Congress, and the Democrats in the media, is force the Republicans to capitulate, to fund every penny of Biden's budget. Now that would, of course, destroy Republican hopes in the presidential elections, potentially. And gut their ability to hold on to the House and maybe take the Senate. Biden knows this. Biden is a street thug politician. The media know this. They are street thug media types. So that's what's going on here. And so the push is for Biden to go ahead and fund the debt on his own. And to say he had no choice, that the 14th Amendment allows it, And then catch me if you can all the way up to the Supreme Court. And then the pressure will be on the court. And they've tried to soften up the court. They've tried to threaten justices of the court to capitulate to their agenda, whether it's race, whether it's abortion, whether it's spending, whether it's elections, whether it's anything else. In the meantime, and I want to expand on that in a moment, Pacific Western, a huge bank, is going belly up. Apparently, apparently, they've lost 50% of the value of their stock. Um, Then we have First Horizon Corporation, another. Uh, It's lost about one-third of the value of its stock. TD Bank was going to buy First Horizon. Now they've put it off. This is something to be very, very worried about. And this wasn't happening under Trump. It's happening now. 
because, again, the spending is completely out of control. The Fed is trying to counteract the spending. So the fiscal spending is out of control. The Fed is raising interest rates to try and control the consequences of the fiscal spending. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. Many of these smaller banks can't handle this. When you took out mortgages at 2, 3, 3 4%, the people holding that bag are these banks. And when inflation's going through the roof and the Fed's raising interest rates to try and control inflation and the Democrats want to spend even more and are threatening the Republicans with violating the Constitution, these smaller banks, these so-called regional banks, they can't handle this. Because now they're caught. They're subsidizing the lower interest rates on the mortgages, which everybody wisely took advantage of, I hope. Now the interest rates are going up, so what they pay for the money, that is these regional banks, is higher than the interest rate on mortgages. And there's no relief in sight given what Biden and the Democrats are doing with spending. That, in a nutshell, is exactly what's taking place here. By the way, we're going to get to the Proud Boys trial. We're going to have Julie Kelly on in hour three. There's a lot here that you don't know, and you don't have to be big fans of the Proud Boys to believe in civil liberties and due process. And uh, this is really a very, very shabby period in our history. Uh, the way these judges, and I don't care who appointed them, they're obviously of one mindset in Washington, D.C., are conducting themselves. So I will circle back to that. Regardless of the headlines that will be applied to me that I support the Proud Boys. Why would I support the Proud Boys? Not only do I know very little about them, I have nothing to do with them. Last time I checked, they're not exactly constitutionalists, but that's beside the point. So here is Corinne Jean Jean-Pierre at the White House briefing. She's been told what to say. And the problem is the Republicans in the House. That's the problem. So here they are. They just come into office. They're sworn in in January. They're sworn in in January. And it's all their fault. It's all their fault. Why? They didn't pass the budget. They didn't impose this debt. No, no, no. It's all their fault. Not Pelosi's fault. Not Schumer's fault. Not McConnell standing back. Not his fault. Even though they all contributed to it. White House is saying not our fault. All we're asking them to do is raise the debt ceiling. And if they don't pay for everything we demand then we're going to default. And what a bunch of deadbeats these Republicans are. That's exactly what's going on. And we have liars on CNN and MSNBC, liars in the print media, liars on the networks. It's that simple. Here is Karine Jean-Pierre. Cut one, go. Director Young said a moment ago that, that the math is the math when it comes to the, the, the debt ceiling issue. 
does that apply to vote count as well? Because neither the House or the Senate have the requisite votes to pass a clean debt limit increase. So the solution that the president is proposing is at odds with the current reality on the Hill. Does he need to adjust in order to, to get right with, with reality? Well, Congress needs to act, really. And when she says, I mean, wait, hold on a second. When you say, when, we, when she said the math is the math, this is going to be catastrophic for American people. There's a reason why we call uh, the bill that House Republicans put together uh, the Default on America Act, because it is. If they move forward with what they- uh, 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 because it's all politics with these people. If the economy collapses, all for the to the better for them politically. That's the way they view it. They're going to have the media behind them. They lie through their teeth without without pause, and they think this will be a knockout punch. And I already told you the speech they're going to give. I told you yesterday, the Republicans are endangering Social Security recipients, Medicare users. They're endangering hospitals, police, firefighters, working people, blue-collar people, same thing, but nonetheless, this is what they're going to do. While they're the ones who are destroying our economy, printing so much money that we now have banks failing, we're going to have businesses shuttering. We are one foot into stagflation. And they're damn near going to push us into a depression. Now, what happened last time we had a depression, America? We went from a very bad recession to a depression. What happened last time when we had a depression? The Democrats took the Congress for a generation. They had with who the Democrats believe is their most popular president ever. We have a destruction in many respects of our constitutional and economic order. A massive increase in the power of the central government. Fundamental changes without amendments to the Constitution or anything of the kind. They saw what happened. Listen, they saw what happened in the COVID-19 virus pandemic. What blue state Democrat governors were able to achieve in terms of violating civil liberties, shuttering businesses, compelling people on how to behave, removing people from public places, shutting down churches and synagogues. You saw what they did. And if you have an economic, excuse me, if you have an economic catastrophe, you can imagine the kind of power they will exercise. The Republicans want nothing to do with this. The Democrats want it. They want it. Go ahead. We know all of House Republicans and MAGA Republicans voted on this bill. It is going to hurt American families. Here we go with the MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans. Listen to how she lies. Is every Republican who voted on this bill a Trump supporter? No. They're not all, it doesn't matter. They're all MAGA Republicans. Because MAGA, they're trying to turn into a curse word. And they have learned. They have learned from the most vile dictators in the last century. About the big lie. And how the big lie takes hold when you just keep repeating it. Over and over and over and over again. 
MAGA Republicans, MAGA Republicans, extremist MAGA Republicans. We support freedom and democracy, MAGA Republicans. These people have a totalitarian mindset. They do not care about their country. It is party first. Why? You say they have children and grandchildren. Why? Because they're the leaders of the Democrat Party. They're the surrogates of the Democrat Party. And so the party comes before the country. I've said it a thousand times. The Communist Party in China comes before the, the country of China. The Communist Party in Cuba comes before the country of Cuba. The Communist Party in Venezuela comes before the country of Venezuela. The people can go to hell. And the ruling class wants to hold on to their power at all costs. To you, not to them. To you. There's nothing complicated about what's going on here. Biden refuses in any respect to cut spending. And so all these phony moderate Democrats in northern New Jersey, in the exurbs of Virginia, other areas in this country, all of these phony moderate Democrats have helped put us in this position. Go ahead. To also be very clear with Congress, uh, with Republicans in Congress, you got to do your job. It is simple. You so take Republicans, old- your job in Congress is to do what Joe Biden tells you to do. Is to spend every penny Joe Biden insists that you spend. We've got $200 million for a park in San Francisco under Pelosi. Pork barrel. I guess that's for more homeless people and drug addicts. You've got $2 million that Schumer put aside for a hip-hop museum in New York City. you got to vote for that. you got to do the whole thing. Whatever they demand. And one of the reasons McConnell is not hot to trot, he won't get involved, is he supported all this crap. He's got tons of pork barrel spending in here. But they don't care about you. What Biden is saying, here's your choice. Either we shut more banks by driving inflation even higher. Either we destroy more American lives by driving inflation even higher. Make economic activity utterly unpredictable. By passing my spending requirements. Or... I'll kill the economy. One shot right to the temple. That's why it is problematic to have a thug street politician like Biden. There was no marbles left. It was all about himself and his party in the Oval Office. <laughs> 